Well, you know, we started talking last week about living long, you know, was that, that was Spock saying, you know, live long and prosper. And it's really based upon biblical principles. And uh, yes, there are, believe it or not, there are Christians and there's whole communities of Christians who do not believe that a Christian should prosper. You know, that's contrary to what I believe the Bible says very clearly. But on one-on-one, anybody I've ever talked to, if I ask them personally, point it, you know, just point blank, it's like, they would rather experience prosperity than poverty. And is there amen on, on that for you guys? Yeah, you want to be blessed. You want your children to be blessed. And what we did last week, we read a dozen verses. Oh, by the way, talking about a dozen verses, uh, do you have a Bible on your phone? The best one, and use as many as you want. One of the best ones I've ever found is, is Y-O-U, version. And the Life Church put it out, and there are dozens of translations. And many of those, you can just uh, push a little button, and it plays the audio to you while you're driving, or you wake up in the middle of the night and say, I want to listen to the book of such and such. You can just play it and listen to it. It also has all these little devotional plans for strengthening marriages or families or business or whatever it might be. And then there's got dozens of little uh, video clips from Christian movies and all. But also, now you can go there and, and on version look up Faith Living Church, and you can get all the scriptures that I will use today, and you don't have to write them all down. You can find them right there on your phone. All right. It's fantastic, right? Okay, not too exciting. Okay, well, I'll try something else then. Nah. But it is a great tool. version Bible, and, and the app is free. It's just amazing how powerful that particular uh, Bible is. Anyhow, with that, I want to share some secrets. And we're going to go into another little facet of live long and prosper. What the Bible says about you prospering. I believe with all my heart that God wants you to prosper. But that's only part of it, to be honest with you. And we're just going to see how this all connects together and maybe share some secrets. We, we like to learn some secrets from God, you know. Now, if you want to keep a secret, I've learned this years ago. I'm 62, and I've learned, and this is the truth of it. If you want to keep a secret, you cannot tell not even one living soul, okay? Because your best and closest and dearest friend, you say, this is a secret. You can't tell them. Oh, I probably never tell nobody, you know. And you tell them, and as soon as you're out of the way, they have another best friend. You can't tell nobody. Oh, you can't tell nobody. Oh, and before you know it, it's in the newspaper, right? Well, these are some secrets we're supposed to share one with another, all right? And uh, this whole thing about prosperity, it has everything to do with loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself. Listen to what it says here. If you want to learn some of these secrets, it says in Proverbs 13, verse 3, it says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Do you ever lose control of your tongue? It gets into gear way before the brain gets into gear. Has your tongue ever got the rest of your body in trouble before? It happens sometimes. But the Bible says those who control their tongue will have a long life. And then Proverbs 18 kind of expands upon that when it says the tongue can bring death or life. And it really can. 
That's why I never use terms like, oh, that scared me to death, or that drags me up the wall. I don't use those terms. I really don't, because I believe that God has given us creative power. And when you go, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, there's creative power in that. And there's very destructive power when a, a parent would say to a kid, you'll never amount to nothing. You're creating that. Maybe they're struggling. You, you should be saying, you can do anything through Christ who strengthens you. The Bible says life and death is in the power of our tongue. And it will affect us greatly. So he says here, Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences Opening your mouth can ruin everything, or it can make everything wonderful. Depends on what's coming out of your mouth. So the verse we looked at is one of the secrets that says in Proverbs 13, 3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Verse 4 says, lazy people want much, but get little. But those who, what's those two, next two words? Those who work hard will prosper. Oh, shocks. I thought there was a little magic wand we could just wave and everything would make me prosper. You work at what God has gifted you doing. You, 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 you work how he's gifted you. And, and, and he says, and, and you may not even be in a career where you're getting paid. You're, you're just part of your family situation, but you're working hard doing what God's gifted you to do. And he tells us, work hard and you'll prosper. That's what he says. He didn't say he had to get paid for it, but he will make up for it somehow, some way, in amazing ways, if we have that mentality of being a hard worker. It's just a biblical principle. Psalms 128, verse 1 says, How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, and it includes reverence and worship of the Almighty, but how joyful are those who fear the Lord and who follow, follow, follow his ways, he says here. Follow his ways. Verse 2 says, you will enjoy, those who follow his ways, you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Now, last week we had a dozen or 15 verses that talked about how God wants you to prosper. And he genuinely does. But there's a whole lot more to it, more secrets to be learned. He wants you to be joyful. And he wants you to prosper in your body, soul, and your spirit. In all that's relevant to you, he wants you to prosper. Well, let's go. Uh, now, if you was watching this online yesterday, I quoted the wrong verse. I didn't quote the wrong. I quoted the right verse, but I gave the wrong reference. The next verse is Deuteronomy 5. Is that what it says up there? Okay, they got it corrected for me. Thank you. Uh, last night I called it Exodus. So if you meet somebody who was here last night, tell them that verse was wrong, that reference, you know. It was Deuteronomy 5. It says, so Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord, your God, following his instruction. Here's his instruction book. It's important to follow instructions. In your work, is instructions important? If you're a computer operator, if you're a builder, if you're a seamstress, 
if you're a baker, is details important. Does it matter if you get a cup full of that white sugar and put it in the cake or you get a cup full of salt? It looks the same. Does it matter? Minor detail. Are details important? Absolutely. What if you're a surgeon? Or what if you're one who mixes the medicines that they sell at the pharmacy there? Is little details important? Oh, it looks just like that pill. No. You know, you can't just go. It don't matter. It does matter. And listen to what he says here. He says in verse 32, Deuteronomy 5, 32, So Moses told the people, You must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, following his instructions in every detail. You know what? What's the big deal? It's really a big deal. Everything we do has details. Do you put gasoline in your car or do you put diesel fuel in it? <laughs> it makes a difference. The details are very important. He goes on to say in verse 33, stay on the path that the Lord, your God, has commanded you. What's the next word? What? Follow. Stay on the path the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. What's the next word? Then, if you follow his instructions, follow his ways, follow his instructions in every detail, then you will live long and prosperous lives. Oh, you mean if I follow the instruction book, and do what he says, even all the little details of it, I'm going to live long, and, and, and I'm going to prosper? Chances are you are. Because God is absolutely true to his word. Now, God loves you, and he's crazy about you, and he, I am absolutely convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, God wants to prosper every one of you. And I'm going to give you a, a real good definition of that in just a few moments. It says in Proverbs 16, 20, it says, those who listen to instruction, we just got to talking about that. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. If you listen to the instructions that God gives us, he promises you to prosper. That's what he said. And that makes you joyful. Isaiah 55 verse 10 says, for as the rain comes down and the, I was told I couldn't say that word anymore. Not this year, anyhow. <laughs> For as the rain comes down in the snow from heaven, <laughs> and do not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower. Oops, I forgot something. I got this new job, part-time job, on the sidewalk. And I can get all my stuff ready out here. Yeah. So. And I got a bunch of stuff. I'm not, I, that's it. I just got to close the door. So, the scripture said, for as the rain comes down and the snow 
from heaven and do not return there, but waters the earth and maketh it to bring forth and bud that it may give seed to who? To the sower. And that's what I have here. I have seed. You want to know who the sower is? You will learn shortly. <laughs> this happens to be about five gallons of winter wheat. It's a red, hard wheat. And a sower, guys, close your eyes, okay, because I'm going to demonstrate the gentleman asked what a sower is. So be careful, okay? A sower does this. <laughs> He asked. I had to answer. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. You guys okay? All right. Thank you. And that's free. You can take that home with you if you want. So let me read that verse again. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower. We understand seed? We understand a sower, you know, right? Okay. And it says, and bread to the eater. Now, it just happens to be, I think, <laughs> and this is absolutely amazing, that this is gluten-free bread. That's awesome. But you know something, uh, I had some like butter or some olive oil with some spices in there. Oh, maybe some sauce, you know, somebody's special homemade sauce. Oh, it's good as it is, but I'm not going to be able to preach with a mouthful of dry bread, you know. So I'll just leave it here for till after the service. I heard that. I don't have enough to share. I'm so sorry, okay? All right. So, it says that it may give seed to the sower. He's talking about the rain that comes down from the heavens and the snow, it melts. I said that word, didn't I? Oh. It comes down, it's melted. All right. And don't return. But it waters the earth, you know, all that waters the earth and it makes it a Bring forth in bud that it gives what? Seed to the sower and bread to the eater. It's important we hear that. Seed to the sower, bread to the eater. Seed for the sower, bread for the bread to the eater. And then he says in verse 11, God says, so shall my word be. Just like the, the rain that comes down producing seed and, and all. The, the rain comes down and it waters the earth. It things bud, they grow, they blossom, they produce seed. It reproduces itself many times over. So he says, so shall my word be. Just like the water that waters and brings life, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. God said that. It shall not return to me void. The rain will produce life on this planet. And all that other white stuff that melts, it will produce life as it melts. That's what he's telling us. And he says, so shall my word be, just like the rain. 
that goes forth from my mouth, my word, it will do the same thing. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall what? Prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's word in us causes us to prosper. I'm just telling you. God, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the Bible says God sent his word to heal us. Did you know that? Did you know it's healthy for you to get God's word in you? In Proverbs, it tells us. He says, you know, to pay attention. My son, and saw my daughters as well, says, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let my word not depart from your eyes. Keep my word in your heart, for it is life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. And your eyes and your ears are the gateways that God's word gets into your heart that way. And he says his word. Now, he didn't say don't take your medicine. If you got some medicine you're supposed to take, but make sure you take this along with it. Because his word has healing power. And, and, and it does. It genuinely does. There's power. And he says he'll cause us to prosper. Not just financially, but in our bodies, health-wise and, and mentally. And, and in everything that... That's you get God's word in you. God's word in us makes us to prosper. So we should read his word and study his word and, and meditate upon his word. We need to speak his word and sing his word and pray his word. Do, do you understand praying the word of God? When you need to do something and it seems like it's way out of your league, you know, you don't just go, God, help, Amen. That's pretty much a worthless prayer. It don't really accomplish much, to be honest with you, because there's so much fear and anxiety and doubt in a lot of our praying. But when you go to God when you pray and you pray his word, you said, Father, you said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, I don't really feel that way with this thing I'm tackling right now, but you said it, and I believe that I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. And greater is Christ who is in me than the enemy of our soul who is in this world. You pray the word and it powerizes us, changes us, transforms us. You learn to pray the word of God, his word in us. His word is going to prosper in everywhere he sent it. And it produces faith. And faith changes things. So you let God's word get on the inside by what you read and what you hear and what you study, and what you meditate upon, what you sing about, what you pray about. And it changes us from the inside out. It genuinely does. So let me give you the definition now of prosperity. The Bible definition. Prosperity is having such a surplus. You understand surplus? Surplus is talking about extra. Surplus is talking about leftovers. I like leftovers myself, you know. Excess. The biblical definition of prosperity is having such a surplus that after meeting your own needs, there's plenty left over for the purpose of meeting the needs of others. Christ put us here. We're pilgrims passing through. And we need to understand he put us here not just to amass materialism, but he put us here to love him with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, and then love our neighbor as we love ourselves. God wants your needs to be met, but he always, in his promises, 
He wants you to have a surplus, excess. He wants you to have leftovers that after your needs of your family are met, that you can make an eternal difference in the lives of somebody else. Some of you are already investing your time, your energy, and your money. Some of you are, are, are making an eternal difference in a, over 300 kids in uh, Ethiopia right now. There's a couple of churches up there because of you. You've made an eternal difference. That, that, that's just one facet of it. There's thousands of other avenues that we can make an eternal difference in this world in which we live, you know, with a little surplus that we may have. Listen to what it says here. And, and remember, this prosperity is all about love, loving God who loves us so much, and then loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 8, in the Amplified Bible, it says, God is able to make all grace, and this is the Amplified Bible, so it incorporates a definition with this word, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, God is able to make every favor. God is able to make every earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Is that okay with you? He's able to do that so that you may always, would you say always with me? Always. And under all circumstances, would you say all circumstances? All circumstances. Always under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. That's in your Bible. God wants you to be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished, furnished in an abundance. He wants you to be furnished in an abundance for every good work and charitable donation. You may not be able to meet the entire need that somebody might have, but you might can meet just a little bit of it. And if a whole bunch of people meets just a little bit of it, Maybe then there could be about 350 kids in Ethiopia who eat every day and have a church that loves them and shares about Jesus and takes care of their medical needs and feeds them and all. And this is not just about trying to raise support for the kids in Ethiopia. That's not what we're talking about here today. We're talking about why is God wanting to prosper you? Why? How does he do that? What are some secrets that we can help facilitate this and make this thing happen? But he says he furnishes us in an abundance beyond anything you could ever imagine for every good work and charitable donation. God has prospered you so you can be generous. Even just a little bit here or a little bit there, you can be generous as Jesus was to be like Jesus on this earth because we're pilgrims passing through. If we don't use what God's given us, somebody will one day. <laughs> And he wants to prosper us. He wants to prosper so we can make a difference in this world as we represent him. Listen as we go on. And it says here, verse, what verse am I on here? Nine. As it is written, he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad. Y'all understand scatter? I know you guys in the middle do, but I don't think you guys over here on the side do. So I'm going to demonstrate scatter, all right? Be careful. All right, all right. What you guys over there laughing about? I want everybody to understand scatter, all right? So this is good old wheat. 
All right. I must apologize to our custodial crew. <laughs> Thank you for what you've already done in the last two services, guys. Appreciate it. Now, where was I at? Let me see here. Oh, verse 9. It says, as it is written, he, the benevolent person, benevolent, generous, scatters abroad, he gives to the poor. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. What we do to help another person goes on forever. God recognizes and he, he realizes, and are we making an eternal difference? Hey, are you guys okay? You get nothing in your eye? You all right? Just checking on you. Okay, all right, make sure. Okay, and then it says in verse 10, and God who provides seed for the sower. Y'all understand sower, right? I feel so bad. I left the guys in the balcony out. <laughs> okay, guys, this is my best shot, all right? Whoa. Oh, I didn't get it? Oh, I got a whole lot more. Let me tell you, at the end of the service, there will be ushers at all the doors with little buckets of wheat. And you can, if you guys didn't get some, these guys already got theirs, you know. <coughs> you can grab some. It's good. Grind it. Make you some bread out of it. Plant it. Sprout it. You know, whatever you want to do with it. Ushers, are we prepared to do that? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. So where were we at? Oh, yes. And God provides seed for the sower and What's that say? Bread for eating. God provides seed for the sower and bread for eating. Seed for the sower, bread for eating. We've already read that. Seed for the sower and bread for eating. It's important to understand he clarified it that way. He has provided seed for the sower and bread for eating. You know what, though? There is a tendency amongst people sometimes... to eat all the seed. What would happen to a farmer if he ate all the seed? He would have no crop the following year. A farmer always takes his best seed and he plants it for an awesome, fantastic crop that will cause him to prosper for the following year. And the good Lord, he says it very clearly, he provides us with seed to sow and bread to eat. For my needs, not just bread to eat, but a place to stay and something to drive and education, all the things that we have need of, he provides for those needs, but he also provides seed for sowing. Sometimes people eat all their seed, and they wonder, why aren't I doing as well as I think I should be doing? you got to plant some seed. And you understand how to do that, right? If you don't, I'll demonstrate again. <laughs> you got to scatter that seed, you know. you got to scatter that seed out there. And it says here in verse 10, And God provides seed for the sower and bread for eating. And God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing. He's going to provide your resources for sowing and increase the fruit of righteousness, which manifests or shows itself 
in active goodness and kindness and charity. God had every intention that we were like Jesus. Yes, we have something to meet our own needs, but we have also part of the prosperity is to have a surplus that you can help other people along their journey in life, and especially help them toward Christ. So important that we do that. And then it picks up in verse 11, and it says, Thus you will be enriched. This is the way God wants it to be. That's what he's promising us right here. He says, Thus you shall be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can make a reality TV program about hoarding. <clears throat> oh, it didn't say that. I'm sorry. He did not want us to make a reality TV show about how much we have hoarded through our life that somebody's going to have to clean out and use and spend or, or do something with after we're gone. But he says, thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be what? Generous. God wants you to prosper so you can be generous, that all your needs are met, that you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered by us, in this particular case, talking about the local church, will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Now let me just act it out so you can understand what that verse is talking about. There's a bunch of kids, about 350 kids over in Ethiopia. They're being fed every day. They don't have to live in a garbage dump anymore. Some who don't have any parents got somebody to love them. Some who have only one parent, they're cared for. They all have the privilege of going to school and having clothes, getting their medical needs taken care of. But they eat good, wholesome, clean, precious food every day. And if you see these kids as they're clapping and they're rejoicing and they're praising God, part of Faith Living Church in Ethiopia. There's a couple of them there now. <coughs> and they're praising and they're worshiping and they're thanking God. They don't have to live in the dump no more and all. And God's going, hey, what's going on? He says, angels, find out what all that commotion is over there in Ethiopia. Well, Lord, all these kids are thanking you for food and for love and education and clothing. They're thanking you. And God's going, oh, what's causing all this Thanksgiving? There's this little old church over in Plantsville, Connecticut. And those people have all given a little bit here and there, but it's, it made up a lot so all these kids can eat and, and grow and develop and learn about you. And God's, oh, I love to hear them kids singing over there. Bless that little old church in Plantsville because they're not tight-fisted. Bless them so more can flow through them and touch other people's lives. And that's what the Bible's talking about. Our generosity, when you're generous to somebody and somebody goes home at the end of the day and they get on their knees and say, thank you, Lord God, for, for knowing my need and meeting my need. And God goes, how did that need get met? Oh, sister so-and-so, oh, brother so-and-so did that. And God goes, pour some more seed over there that way because they'll let it flow and change people's lives and I'll have all this Thanksgiving coming my way. Does that make sense? That's what the passage is talking about here. Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25, it's true. It says, the generous will prosper. Question, are you generous? The generous will prosper. And those who refresh others, and it may, it may not be just dollars and cents, you may be investing time. I know I've invested some time 
people who didn't need nothing in the world except somebody to love them. They got everything. They just needed somebody to love them and care about them. So we invest our time, our energy, our resources, whatever it is that we have. The Bible says the generous will prosper. And prospering is to have enough to meet all your own needs and you got some leftovers to help somebody else. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. The Bible says, don't fool yourself. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he shall reap. You sow kindness, you're going to reap it. You sow hatred, you will reap it. What are you sowing? What are you planting? And then he says here in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He says, give. And gifts will be given to you. You know what I'm talking about? Now, I just need a volunteer. You volunteering? I actually need two. Would you grab somebody else to come with you? I said, oh, no. How could she have done that to me? Can you come up here? Y'all willing to help out? Thank you very much. Okay. So, what I want you to do, sir, this is an Obi Kenobi robe. <laughs> For real. Took it from him myself. My lightsaber was stronger than his. You mind putting it on? Yeah, good. Okay, you just put it on right over your other thing there. All right, there's, a, there's a, actually an armholes right there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's a, yeah, there's a little hat here. Well, wait a minute. It's a little bit big hat. Okay. You know what? That looks awesome. You should have one of those. He's got one, pretty much. You do? Awesome. Okay, hang on. Let's go read something. It says, give and gifts will be given to you. Good measure. Now, it says, I'm just like, see, if you gave, the Bible says, if you give, it's going to be given back unto you. So here, I need you a little bowl. Can you hold that little bowl? Let me read it. It says, give and gifts will be given to you. Good measure, all right? So I'm going to act like what God does. He gives to you, all right? Is that a good measure? Yeah, a little bit more. Okay. Is that a pretty good measure? Okay. Now listen to what it says. Give and gifts will be given to you. Good measure. That's a pretty good measure. Yeah. Almost full. Pressed down and shaken together and running over. Now, that means you press it down. You understand pressing it down? I am so disappointed. Every time I go to the grocery store, anytime you buy a box of cereal or a bag of potato chips, half of it is air. And then they think they explain themselves while they say, some settling may occur during shipping. Well, why don't they put the box on a little vibrating table and do what the Bible says, which it says, give and gifts will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and then ship the box of cereal. You know what I'm talking about? Now, this looks like pretty good, but look, okay, we pressed it down. 
You shake it together. Oh, it's settling a little bit. There you go. All right. Would you stoop down here so I don't waste too much of this? I wouldn't want to drop some somewhere. Okay. I'm right, going to shake just a little bit more. Not too much. Okay. Is that full? No, it's not. The Bible says, and running over. Okay, now you can stand back up. Now it's full. That's the way boxes of cereal and potato chip bags are supposed to be. All right, listen to what it says. Give and gifts will be given to you. Good measure. It's supposed to do that. Run over. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will others, God uses people, will they pour into, this is an amplified Bible, and it includes the definitions in the verse. And they will pour into the pouch formed by the bosom of your robe, used as a bag. This is my brown bag. This is the brown bag of the Bible. And what we do here, all right, you got that like that. Now, I don't have a belt, so what you would do if you was in the Bible days, you, you create a, a nice pouch and hold on to that. Hold on, yeah, hold on to that really good. Now, you pour that in there. Whoa. Now, did he get a fair deal out of that? Absolutely more. And that's the way God said, if you're generous, God will give back unto you. Not a half a box of cereal. When God gives it back to you, he's going to give you a good measure. It's going to be pressed down, shaken together, and then running over. So it would be all right if we just kind of went like this and said, all right, here, let's just do it until it runs over. But... That would take too long, so we're not going to do all that right now. Would you give these guys an awesome applause for helping me out? And Now, you had no clue you were going to come to church and get dressed up like Obi Kenobi, didn't you? <laughs> give them another applause. They did a great job there. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, God bless you. <coughs> Let me read it again. So he says, give, now this is Jesus talking to us, and gifts will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will they pour into the pouch formed by the bosom of your robe and use as a bag, for with the same measure you deal out, you give out of, of love and compassion and a large measure, it's going to be given back with love and compassion. God will inspire it. If you give greedily, well, you might not hardly get much back. He says, for with the measure you deal out, with the measure you use when you confer benefits on others, it will be measured back to you. Then Revelation chapter 3, verse 16 says, So because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, Jesus said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. For you say, and this is what some people say, for you say, I'm rich. I have prospered and I've grown wealthy and I'm in need of nothing. I don't need nothing. And you do not realize and understand that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You're empty, hollow, shallow. You have no clue what real satisfaction is all about. And it's not about materialism. Yeah, God gave us 
seed to eat, right? Seed to eat? No, he gave us seed to sow and bread to eat. And we're supposed to be doing the both. And we're supposed to be generous. And, and there's a problem with being generous to people. As you begin to show generosity, God shows more generosity to you. So he gives you more. It's like, what am I going to do with it? I got to find somewhere else to deposit it. And then so you go and help somebody, and God gives you even more. And you go, what am I going to do with all this? It's kind of a good problem to have, you think? See, the Bible tells us, I don't know if you understand this or not, but biblically, everything God prospers us with, 10% belongs to him. That's why you are to give that into wherever you believe is your local church. Now, we're not doing a teaching on tithing or taking up an offering, you know. But I want you to understand, 10% belongs to God. He wants you to know you're a partner with him in the deal. You have never given an offering until you've given his 10% that belongs to him. And then anything else beyond that, that gift of those offerings is just extra. But God tells us about the tithing. He says, when you bring your tithe into your storehouse, he says he will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you that you don't have room enough to store it all. So what do you do with it? <coughs> you have to be generous. You give your tithe, but you're, you, you be, you're making a difference in people's lives all over the planet. You're making a difference in people's lives. You won't even get to meet a lot of them until you get to heaven one day. It's the only place in the Bible where God says, prove me herewith. And I'm going to tell you a little secret that I have done. I've been in ministry over 40 years now, and any time I've ever taught about tithing, I've always included a statement. It's like if a person would attempt to do what God says about tithing, and God says, prove me herewith, and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out more blessings than you know what to do with. And I've told everybody, I said, listen, you put it to the test. And you try that two or three months, and if God does not do what he says, if he don't bless you, bless your socks off in ways that you recognize his hand upon you, you come back and see me, and we'll talk to the, the, uh, uh, the bookkeepers and all, and we'll have them to write you a check for everything you gave. Is that a pretty good deal? So I said, well, hey, how can you do that, Pastor Ron? God did that. He said, prove me. Check it out. You, you give and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you, you don't have room enough to contain. And in over 40 years of ministry, now it probably will change today. Somebody's going to prove me wrong. It'll probably change. But up until this point, I have never had to go talk to a bookkeeper and say, would you write them a check? Never. You know why? The hundreds of men and women who've come and talked to me in those 40 years, you know what they say? First of all, they go, Pastor Ron, you would never believe what happened. I'm going, try me. I think I would. There was this insurance check that I was supposed to get, you know, years ago. It was 25 years ago, and, and I don't know what happened, but it finally showed up with all the interest. You would not, you wouldn't believe how my job, I got a new job making twice, and the stories, it would take us days and days and days because God does what he says. If we take his word in and put it to the test, and listen, you go to another church, you're tithing, tithe at your church, your local church. And God says he opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. 
And I'm going to tell you, some of the blessings that you and I need poured out upon us is not just dollars and cents. It's time. It's energy. It's sanity. It's relational. It's mental. Spiritual. There's blessings that, that come upon us. And you know there are men and women, famous men and women, who have banks full and vaults full and homes that are full, and they take their own life because they're empty and they're hollow and they're missing something. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's much more to life. Well, our time's almost getting away here, so let me read you a couple more verses. Uh, let's see, where was that at? Okay. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 says, And he said to them, Guard yourselves and keep free from all covetousness. And then this is the Amplified Bible, which includes a definition there. Covetousness, the immoderate, which means obsessive. Covetousness, the immoderate, obsessive desire for wealth, the greedy longing to have more. It's talking about materialism. Now, Rockefeller, you probably remember Rockefeller, he once had been asked, how much money does it take to really satisfy a person, truly satisfy it? And Rockefeller said, just a little bit more. Because we're never satisfied, we want more. But when you recognize you can't outgive God and God's going to prosper you to meet all of your needs and then you're going to have leftovers to help other people and you will always have leftovers. And when you sow seed, what happens to the seed? It grows. And you got, how many kernels will come from one kernel of wheat here? Hundreds. It is a principle. It is a secret. For those who have ears to hear what God's saying, hear. But he says here, he said, guard yourselves, keep free from all covetousness, the immoderate, obsessive desire for wealth, and greedy longing to have more. Wealth is not wrong. It's the attitude of the heart, you see. And then he says, for a man's life does not consist and is not derived from or the results of possessing overflowing abundance or that which is over and above his needs. It's not wrong when we understand Prosperity is always given with the concept from God of generosity wrapped up in there. That's what he wants. Have you ever heard the saying? It's a bumper sticker. It says, he who has the most toys when he dies, that's a lie from the pits of hell. He's dead. He don't win. He who has changed the most lives and taken care of the most orphans and, and led the, 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 the poor people in, in, in to a better life and shared the gospel with people who are in desperate needs, maybe other countries or orphans or widows. That's the person who wins. It's talking about generosity here, you see. That's what God's talking about. Listen to what it says here in Matthew 16, 26. For what will, a, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits or loses his life? The King James Bible says his soul. The, the Amplified says his life, his blessed life in the kingdom of God. What does it profit if we gain the whole world and we lose our soul in the midst of it? Or what would a man give in exchange for his blessed life in the kingdom of God? What will you give in exchange for yourself? You know, God put us here. We're passing through. He wants you to prosper tremendously. And he wants you to be generous tremendously. I do believe that with all my heart that that's what God has in store for us. And if we'll believe him 
And we'll be able to go, well, I'm going to plant a few. I don't have a whole lot of seed here. I don't have a whole lot, but guess what happens when you plant a few seed? You've got a whole lot more to work with. You ever read uh, the book Robinson Crusoe? It's another whole story, but it's about how he raised wheat, tremendous wheat fields from a couple of grains he found in a burlap sack. And he exported it to other native tribes around there as time had progressed. There's a proverb that says, God help the poor, for the rich can take care of themselves. I believe that's a lie. Because I believe rich and poor, we all need Jesus Christ. Don't we? We need him to heal our broken hearts and to set us free and to forgive us and to love us and to prepare us for eternity. We really do. The message of prosperity is all about loving God and it's about loving your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, uh, well, let me see. Oh, time's getting away from me. Oh, I can't do that. Can't do that. Let me just read you a little quick story and then we'll end here for today. Some years ago, a boy, 16 years old, he left home because his parents were too poor to keep him any longer. He was not well educated, but he knew something about how to make soap. And as he trudged along, he met an old canal captain who prayed with him and gave him this advice. Be a good man. Give your heart to Christ. And pay the Lord all that belongs to him of every dollar you earn and make honest soap. And when the boy arrived in New York, he found employment making soap. He soon became a partner and later the sole owner of the business. At first he gave two tenths. Now the Bible only requires one tenth. Now what is the percentage of two tenths? 20%. Then he gave three-tenths. As his business increased, four-tenths, and eventually he gave five-tenths. And then after his family were all educated and plans for all their lives were settled, then he gave all his income to the Lord's work. The Lord blessed him more than ever. This was William Colgate, who has left the name that will never die. Some of y'all brushed your teeth with some of his product this morning, Colgate. He's a man who understood the prosperity. And I believe and would be to God find a man or a woman, a young man or a woman, an old man or a woman would be fine too, who says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take God up on his offer. And God, if you will truly prosper me, I'll give you 10% of all you give me, and I will learn to become generous to the things you tug my heart to help people, whoever they are, in need. And if that's you, and somebody jumps up and says, I heard God say that to me, and then in a few years you come back and tell me what God's done. Any man, woman, boy, or girl who takes God at his word and says, you know, prosperity was given to take care of my needs and my family's needs, but it was beyond that. It was to be generous when God pricked my heart to make a difference for somebody else. You take a man or a woman who takes that to heart, it'll change this world in which we live. Genuinely will. Well, our time is up, and hopefully we'll pick up here 
and uh, learn some more about what God wants us to do, but how we can access this and how to make a difference with this in our lives and that our lives will be changed. So would you bow your heads with me? Father, we come before you right now in the name of your son, Jesus. And I ask that you'd prosper, my brothers and sisters. Father, in, in time, in energy, in years, Lord, in, in resources. Father, we need so much more to prosper than we do just dollars and cents. Lord, just pour it on. I ask that you would prosper these men, women, boys and girls in this room and those who are watching online, in the balcony and down in our overflow cafe. Prosper the men and the women, Lord, wherever they might be and cause us all, Lord, to become generous. Lord, that we will make an eternal difference in this world in which we live. Give us an ability to have discernment. Give us a tender heart so we recognize your tug at us and help us to invest our time, our energy, our resources in places that truly make a difference. As our heads are bowed, I would ask you, if you would, to reaffirm your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here today and you've never declared your faith in him, but would you join us as we pray and allow him to come into your life right now? Would you join me as we pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. I believe he died in my place. He gave his all for me. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, as my King. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. I decide this day to live my life for you. And I thank you for all your blessings. Teach me generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.